Boys will know. Welcome back to the Fearless and Devotion podcast with me, Tim, Andy, and Reese. No Liam this week. He is uh, otherwise. Uh, what's the word? Uh, forgot. He's probably still suffering from his gym exertions last week. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Let's, yeah, that. Let's go with that one. He's, he's, he's still <laughs> sweaty lycra gym class somewhere. So let's. Well, before we go any further, Fat Boar premium sponsor of this podcast must give a shout out to them and and their their wonderful owner uh, mr watkin who hit four zero this week so happy birthday to you rich um, god is he that old he is that old he's he gone he doesn't look that old does he he was gif- on him he was gifted um white custom rexham fc crocs what's your thoughts on that no each to their own. Each to their own. But however, can I can I just go back on that? Speaking of forty-year-old baby-faced individuals, did I hear a rumor that a certain Mister Gilpin got ID'd in West London yesterday? I did. I did. I could. I could have. I could have sh- shut that bouncer's hand. I was yeah. walking into the Weatherspoons in by Rislip Manor, and he goes, "Got any ID, mate?" I went, "Yes, I have." Was- go on, go so on. jealous. Did you pat his dog and give him back his white stick, by any chance? <laughs> I got ID for I got ID for fags about fifteen years ago and been dining out, dining out on that story for a while, but now I've got a new one to take its place. Wild times. I mean, you look good, Andy, but that is I mean that, that is ridiculous. Let's face it. I mean, I haven't even got a tooth at the moment. <laughs> Missing a bloody tooth. <laughs> maybe that's why. Maybe you thought you were like uh, baby teeth were growing teeth. in. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But Fair enough. Instead of pulling your hair out um, at the weekend, you've been pulling your teeth out because Wrexham could not. Muster much in terms of uh, clear-cut shots on goal. Nil-nil, only the fourth occasion this season we failed to score. So it's kind of like a, a hit 50 and get bowled out kind of scenario. What what was your thoughts on on the draw? It didn't sound pretty. By all accounts, it wasn't pretty. So, Andy, you were there. Take us um, back through that. Uh, yeah, well, that I was there. Awesome. A... We're, we're glad it wasn't streamed, put it that way. I was there on a junior ticket, yeah. Um, so look, I took I took my mate to the game, and it's his, it was his first ever Wrexham game. And all the last. way through, yeah, <laughs> well, all the way through in the pub beforehand, I was just giving little sort of caveats. You know, we're not very good away from home. Um, this could be a struggle. Um, you know, their pitch isn't great. Maybe we can't play on it. And every single one of them came true. You Brian so, Flynn him. You basically give him all the excuses under the sun. Yeah, but I thought, well, you know, one of these won't come true. And, and you, you know, he, he's, he's set for the worst. It'll be better than that. And it wasn't much better than that. Look, three games in six days. In many ways, this is the price we pay for, for going through in the cup and being, you know, changing our, our games for this. And we didn't lose. So I think what was the most sort of... We did the same thing that we normally do, which is we let the team come on to us for the first sort of 30 minutes first half and then you sort of think well maybe we've got too much in the second half and this time we didn't we, we couldn't really take it to them in the second half there wasn't really sustained pressure uh, but I understand that you know that the, they played a lot of games and they went away to Scunthorpe just two days before so you know if you think about it they wouldn't have come home till 
Thursday, you got that day off, you travel down on the Friday. There's there's no new, there's no sort of room for training. The only thing that sort of slightly was disappointing was I thought Wheelstone had sort of had sort of blown themselves out by 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 the hour mark, and they didn't look like they wanted to score. So if you wanted to put the foot on the neck, you could have maybe changed formation and gone for the game. Maybe put a few of you few of your players like Jordan Davis, who was a bit rested off the bench and really gone for it. We didn't do that. Parkinson's never going to do that. And at the end of the, at the end of the, you know, end of the season, he, he put, he's probably well, well within his rights not to do that because what he's doing at the moment is keeping us a rigid, hard to beat three, five, two that doesn't concede many goals is working for us. And probably if we can keep that up through the season, it will work for us in the long term. So a bit of tinge of regret that we didn't really go for it, but I can understand why. It was a bit bit weird. I did a, a Twitter Spaces thing after the game and there was a lot of pragmatism and people were looking at it. It's very much like, well, it is a point game. We've got another clean sheet out of it. Yes, disappointed. We didn't just go for three up top instead of replacing um, Powell with, with Dolby. Um, a few people were saying that, not everybody, but that there was a few sort of dissenting voices that, you know, were going down this route of, well, we've got the, the, the best squad in the division and we really need to be putting these teams to bed. And my argument is you're not going to win them all. You're just not going to, are you? So if you're yeah, not going to play well, at least get a point out of it. Um, somebody pointed out that I think we've only, I think our points return on the road so far isn't very good. Um, so, Reece, I mean, is at what point, if, if, it, if we haven't reached that point already, does the away form become concerning? Because ne- up, up next is York away, a new ground, Massive away following, you know, 1600s, I think we've got, um, which will be snapped up in an instant on Tuesday. I don't think it's uh, too big of a concern yet. I mean, if we're really disappointed by nil-nils away from home, yes, it's a team we should be beating, but, you know, bit of context, we're still right up there. And I think I said, you know, a couple of weeks ago that I'm very much of the opinion that you don't win the league at this point of the season, bit of an obvious comment, obviously, but you know, as long as we are within striking distance in February, March, I'll be happy. Like you know, no, we all want to pull clear and be top until the end of the season. Uh, but realistically, as long as we're within sort of five points in about February, I'm not going to be overly concerned because I think we've got the depth to see it through to the end of the season. Um, my one little concern I've got is I do think once again we miss. I wasn't there yesterday, but you know my my old man was, and I am concerned about how much we miss Hayden more than anyone else. I think we've shown over the last season and a half that we can cope when Mullins injured, we can cope when Palmer's injured, we can cope when other members of the midfield are injured. When Hayden is gone, we lose an all. Well, it, you know how many goals he scored this season now nine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, and it, he's not just a. Attacking centre back either, you know, he, he's such a big presence that, um, you know, I, I'm a bit worried about how dependent we are on him. You know what? Yesterday, it was quite telling how how blunted we were in the set plays and the long throws about Hayden. He, exactly he, the he same as the end of last season, basically. Yeah. When you know, when we when we lost that game in Woking, when we could have gone top, um, Hayden had gone off, and in the, we were pummeling their line the last sort of twenty minutes, and we just had nothing. We were toothless. All these throw-ins going in, and there was there was no one to to get on the end of them. Yeah, it's almost a threat of Hayden more than anything else because if you've got a defender who's worried about your nine-goal centre half, then at least you know at least a few of them are, are, 
are congregating around. It is around part of their space. Yeah, yeah, and in, and that sort of frees up the rest of the team. So yeah, even if Hayden doesn't get on the end of it, the threat of him is is worth is worth a, a lot. So yeah, you're right. I think I think Hayden is coming increasingly important to us. Probably, I would say after Mullin, our most important player. So Wrexham um, struggled to score, uh, which is a rarity. Got a shout out to the Wrexham women. They went top of the Gennaro Adra North after battering Airbus 9-0 today in Brackett Sunday at the time of recording this. So yeah, good shout out to them. Amber Lightfoot, Ava Suckley, both hit hat-tricks. Good start to the season for them. And yeah, they're obviously going to feature quite prominently in the in the next season of Welcome to Wrexham because we know um, Rob's already been up to, to Punky Banks taking the game. And more and more countries are going to be um, subjected to Welcome to Wrexham. Subject is not the right word, but you know what I'm getting at. So we, we've already got, got it featured in a lot of countries on, on Disney+. Plus. The club have announced today that it's going to be aired in even more countries, the list being Spain, Italy, Germany, Switzerland, Austria, Liechtenstein, France, Brazil, Argentina, Colombia, Mexico, LATAM Naughty. I hope that's not Naughty Naughty's own country that is liberated. I don't know what that is. Um, and again, LATAM, sir, don't know any of them. I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to brush up my geography. Japan, South Korea, Hong Kong, and Taiwan. I can't wait for the, the raft of new Twitter accounts that are going to pop up, you know, the, the Taiwanese Reds, et cetera, et cetera. So we are taking over the world. Happy with the way that pans out? Because that's surely that's extra money in the coffers as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's just good to get, of course. I mean, we know we've got a good product there. We're welcome to Wrexham. It's always interesting to see how that will translate to the likes of, what did you say, Lusitania? Lucid, no, that was the... Lichtenstein? Lusitania. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope our season doesn't founder like Lusitania. Um, but, you know, We've got a good product there. It's it's pretty popular in America. So you would think that that sort of guide to football and guide to football at our level will translate across the world because if they've cracked the, the hardest market, going to markets where football is in, you know, is quite well known, should should be easier, you would think. Well, we've always known that the Far East is massively lucrative. You know, we've how many how many top flight teams have have taken their their teams for for preseason games out out in Japan and so on and so forth. So it's a, it's a little foray into that market. We'll see how that pans out. But anyway, onwards to, uh, to our guest. Reese, do you want to... Uh, yes, absolutely. Happy to introduce our guest, who we were really, really delighted joined us this week. We only got a short period of time with him, but um, considering he was um, so busy... Um, and you'll understand why when I introduce him. Uh, we were very, very grateful. Um, we spoke with him about um, Cumbria's chances now in the World Cup, but also uh, all of our hopes, of course, for the new COP and the new Stadium of the North. Please uh, enjoy listening to our interview with Noel Mooney from the Football Association of Wales. Right, we've got a really special guest in the week that Robert Page has named his squad for Qatar, a former player in the League of Ireland. He moved into the football admin side of the game. 
and has worked for UEFA and the FA of Ireland before joining us in July last year. Since then, he's helped interest in the game go from strength to strength, culminating in you know what, in, for the first time in you know how many years. With, uh, welcome to the pod, Noel Mooney. How are you? Fantastic, Penonda. Um, greetings from Cardiff as we are now in isolation as we get prepared to go to um, Qatar and for our first World Cup in 64 years. So I don't think I could be much better, to be honest with yeah. you. We're, we're all excited. We're all um, happy that everything's going in the right direction. And we just can't wait to get kicked off now against the United States on the 21st. Right. Let's go straight into it because I know you pressed for, press for time. So coming in as a football administrator, I know you, you've had a lot of time in UEFA and you were sort of eyeing up the Wales job. Now, as a marketing man and someone who's had an eye on that, did you ever look and think, we've got Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds here in North Wales? Could that, was that ever sort of like enter your mind as in, this could really help the Welsh, the Welsh game, I should take this job? It was definitely something I was aware of um, when I was coming here. Um, you know, I thought that um, the FAW was a good organisation, but I felt that there was areas where if it did X, Y, Z, it could be much, much better. And that's why I felt it was the right thing to do. But I could see other things happening, like um, Rob and Ryan coming in at Wrexham. I knew that that would be a really good thing for Welsh football. And clearly it is. I mean, they're getting 10,000 people in the fifth division in England, which is incredible. Um, but also um, they would bring some profile. Would have been a defining, um, you know, a defining factor. No, it wouldn't have been. Um, there's no mm -hmm. point saying it would. I, I don't want to overplay that. I don't want to overplay that either. But I suppose... If you want to see how it's all come together pretty beautifully, um, on the 15th of November, uh, S4C, which is our big partner in TV that shows the men's rights, uh, shows the men's internationals, which has been our super partner going to the World Cup finals, you know, will present awards to, to the two guys uh, in Times Square in New York. Um, and one of the big, as, as we go to Doha, essentially, um, so the reason that we won't, won't be in New York is because we're on our way to Qatar. So... If you just think about it, um, the Welsh language come right. Um, the national team will be on their way to the World Cup finals and S4C will be on their way to New York to celebrate um, the Welsh language and the contribution of the Wrexham owners um, to Welsh life, Welsh culture um, and to Welsh identity abroad. So I think by default rather than by design, it's all worked out pretty well for Cymru as a nation and for Wrexham as a club uh, and for all of us, really. It's just worked really well. And even, you know, I'd have quite a bit of contact with, um, I suppose, you know, the club um, with the redevelopment of it. The FAW, certainly our president is from that area. Um, and Mark Evans, who's obviously very close to the national team, he manages the operations of the national team and is synonymous with the Welsh side, spends a lot of time in Wrexham with the people who run the club um, and we would be in good contact I would say with different people like Humphrey and there's mm. Maxine you know who are I suppose the the um, interlocutors between uh, the Americans and ourselves and we're in regular regular contact so we'd have a very good sense of what the club is doing of where they're going I think they have a very good sense of what we're doing I think over the next couple of years I think we'll get even closer because we want to bring international matches back up to the race course ground clearly um, we want to have a strong relationship with Wrexham I think the passion the supporters the mood is not dissimilar to what's happening with Cymru over the last few years yeah. I think the profile of the supporters I'm really shocked that 
you know the amount of people that come uh, from the north to 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 our matches. I, I'm really shocked by that. I think it's a huge effort to get to our games, you know, because because of kickoff times, they're often midweek, they're often mm. you know either their evening time. So I think the passion for Wrexham and the passion for Cymru and the brands of both. I don't like using that word brand too much, but the image, the vibe, the tone, the language, all of that of both, I think have just come together at the right time for everybody. And I think it's really good for Cymru and it's really good for Wrexham. Yeah, I mean, we'll probably get into it a, a little bit later about, you know, sort of links between the North and, and the South and how, how fans really make a big effort to get there. But big news for us this week is that we've got planning permission for for a cop stand and we've still, you know, we're soon going to demolish uh, what we've got there at the moment. You mean, how important is it to get finally get that stadium of the North? Absolutely enormous. I mean, there's no way forward without it. It's the best, the best way of putting it, really. Um, for us, it's really important because, you know, we... A lot of the FAW actually of our of our decision makers that come from North North Wales. Um, so look, I mean the race course grounds is is crucial to the club clearly um, because there's no way forward really without developing the cup and, and all that goes with that. It needs to be developed the stadium, um, but to go where the club wants to go, they really need to develop that clearly. But obviously, to become an international stadium, we can have Cymru playing there um, and have big matches and big events that needed to happen. Um, so that was really important to us. For us, I suppose, you know, we really feel connected to the whole country, thankfully. I don't think there's any any more of this, you know, you're based in Cardiff for that so much because we really are everywhere. I find myself in in North Wales as much as I find myself in the South in many ways. When I get in the car, I feel like I'm driving four hours every time to meet someone. Um, wow. <laughs> so it, it, it certainly feels like that. I feel I've been like a yo-yo up and around the country. But if you look at our presidents from the Wrexham area um, and a number of the big decision makers around the FAW are from North Wales. So I think in terms of you know connecting with the North, that's very easy for us. It really is a football hotbed. I'm always shocked at how many people come to our matches uh, from, from the North Coast. Um, it's a huge commitment to come to one of our matches during the week. Um, and for them to do that shows... I see pictures of trains with people sitting down on the ground and people standing up for hours and stuff. I mean, to come down here is not easy and we've got a duty to make that easier continually. But what's mm. even better is if we can bring some matches to the race course um, in the future, which we're all very much committed to doing. Yeah, how committed are you, Noah? What, what promises can you make on that, you know, in terms of when this development happens? How many games? Do you have any figures in mind? What are you thinking? Well, we're in constant discussion with the club um, on that, and we haven't made it a formal commitment to such, um, just that we would look to bring some games up there. Uh, I think we were talking about maybe bringing a women's international there just to to test the whole thing. Uh, we brought in the 19s match there, I think recently I was up there on one cold uh, evening, uh, quite recently. Uh, and we're building up towards it, I guess. And I mean, what you would say is obviously with capacity, for the bigger games, we're going to have to stay in Cardiff for the bigger ones uh, for the moment. But that said, um, there's no reason why we couldn't play friendly internationals or similar, uh, or maybe even some group group matches uh, in the future up in um, in Wrexham. But again, it's a fluid conversation. We're working closely with Wrexham City Council, where I must say uh, the leader, uh, Mark Pritchard, and Ian Bancroft, the CEO, have been really good friends to us. Uh, I've been in really good dialogue with us. And as I say, at the club, we're regularly talking to the club, um, to Floor and, Floor and Sean and others. And I think that we're in a very good, um, a very good connection. 
Um, and I think that we will we'll, we'll definitely play a match up there. But the club have to get the criteria right as well. I mean, there's UEFA standards, there's FIFA standards, all that kind of stuff. And the club know the criteria. So, you know, they know what they've got to do. We know what they've got to do. So I think it's a very happy relationship that's going in the right direction. And hopefully we'll be playing international football matches there sooner rather than later. No, just picking up on, on something you sort of mentioned a few times now, you, you know, as you say, a lot of the board are from North Wales. They're acutely aware of the problems that we have coming down to a game. Most of them are on weeknights. It's hard to take the kids down. The infrastructure is not there. Is there anything you can do, anything you can work with, with the train companies maybe or the coaches just to sort of make it that little bit easier for us to get down to Cardiff? I think we accept mm. that the big games have to be played at Cardiff. We know that. Well, definitely is the answer. I mean, we're just hiring our first ever fan engagement executive, which whose job will be because the moment the FAW, you know, it's got people in ticketing, it's got people in security and, you know, the, the core functions, we're building up the organisation to give people more time and bandwidth to work closer with supporters to um, deliver a better service, whatever that may be, whether that's fan evenings, uh, whether that's, you know, input into our kits or whatever, or the tracksuits, whatever it is, you know, our merchandise and licensing, having um, uh, better ticketing, whatever it is, and transport to the games, this person's job will be to work with everybody to improve that. And we've never had that before. So that's another sign that we're going the right direction. And that person's job will be to work with the councils, to work with the train companies, and the bus companies, or whatever it is, to make sure that if you're in Wrexham or nearby, and it's... Um, it's wanting to go to a comedy match you are, that it's not that hard, that it's not a big, huge chore. I mean, it's still a distance. Uh, but if you can get the combination right, of the, to travel right, uh, accommodation, and um, playing the right balance of matches in the north, I think it's a really good thing. We understand that, obviously, that all the, all the Wales gear is always through JD, has been for several years now. It, 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 People trying to get shirts at the moment are in difficulties. Is that a supply and demand issue with Adidas? Is it an issue with JD? And I suppose the, 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 the sort of three parts of that is how long are we are we tied into JD? Because from what speaking to a lot of people, they just seem a little bit frustrated that there's only like a one-stop shop where we can get our whale our official whales merchandise. So it just seems to be a little bit of a of a hurdle, I guess, and a bit of a hindrance. Um so I just wonder wanted to, to pick your thoughts on that really. No problem. I mean, you have to know we, we qualified in June. Now, if you understand the kit, I mean, it takes nine, ten months to get a kit from production to get it on the shelves. Um, and the problem is, if you're an Adidas or a JD, you're obviously trying to get the balance right between having tens of thousands of jerseys that don't sell. Uh, but what happened was when we qualified, the demand has gone absolutely through the roof. It's absolutely fantastic from our perspective. It's every shirt that goes out on the shelf is going off the shelf really, really quickly. And they've done a really good job. I've got to give Adidas a huge credit. We met them up in Manchester quite recently. Very good team. They've got a designer from Comrie, which is really good. He really thinks about the kit design, which is really important to us. And I think he really got it right, by the way. I think he did a brilliant job in this because it's such an emotive thing. Everyone wants to design their own kit, but Adidas obviously have their own templates, by the way. Like we don't live in splendid isolation over here. They've got actual trends and designs that are done with futurologists and sociologists, whatever the hell they have up there, you know, deciding what people want in trends around the world. So just because um, Noah from the continent wants to have, you know, a green pattern down the side of it doesn't mean it quite happens like that. We don't just draw the kids here. I think that's important to say. So Adidas do have bought the rights 
to make our kids, which we're delighted with. We're really happy partners with Adidas. And you're right, the JD one is an interesting one. I remember I'm from Limerick in the west of Ireland, and Munster jerseys also Adidas could only be bought through. I can't remember who it was at times a lifestyle sports or something. But that does a couple of things. So I saw pictures this morning of our jerseys over in Florida, for example. Now, if we just say anyone can have them, it doesn't quite work like that. You know, you can end up with a difficult distribution, a difficult year, for example. And you also have to remember that we have to fund the grassroots game. Some of our funding that goes towards the grassroots facilities and the grassroots game comes from the contracts that we have clearly with Adidas and JD, and they pay a premium to have exclusivity on the kits. If you could buy it in the local Tesco's or the local Woolworths, whatever it was nowadays, that's not um, going to create value for us as well. Now, I absolutely understand that you have to get to a JD, but first of all, a JD is not hard to get to. There's JDs everywhere, just to be, you know, to be fair, they've got decent distribution. They've got a good online presence. But I think the current frustration would be simply supplies outstripping demand um, leading into the World Cup finals. I mean, that's just... Um, 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 a shame for us that we'd love to have every size we'd love to have every single because obviously we lose out because if a shirt isn't sold and if someone doesn't buy it later in the new year whatever we lose out because we get a cut of um, whatever's in the jersey of course I mean that's the that's the way it would work so I mean it's not good for us if someone can't buy a jersey but what I would say is that um, to keep an eye on, on on the online store success is great winning things, doing good things is fantastic, but they do lead to a new set of challenges. And thankfully for us, the challenges that we're facing are first world problems, I would say, you know, because, you know, you've got a whole selection of retro jerseys people can buy. There's obviously the existing one, I presume it's still out there somewhere. Um, and if you have to wait a month or two for your jersey, it's, it's not nice because you've got a World Cup. Um, but equally, um, you know, we will have them kits back in the shows. I think there's a few thousand due in very, very soon as well, if, if I'm not much mistaken. So I think we'll get through it, but I'm really sorry um, if somebody couldn't get the size that they wanted. Um, I don't see the JD um, deal changing. I think we'll stay with JD as a partner. I think we'll stay, well, I know we'll stay with Adidas as a partner and JD. So I don't see that change. What we've got to do is like, I don't see, you know, us changing from Cardiff playing matches if we know what we're doing, we've got to improve the services. We've got to make sure that in the future that we do have the right kits and size and, and the right time. And we do have the right travel down to Cardiff and all the things we just discussed earlier. So we've got to keep improving our services. As I said, there's a first ever fan engagement executive is joining us very shortly. And their job will be to cut out any of the creases or to iron out any creases there in how things work. And definitely, I mean, it would be remiss of me to say that call out, qualifying for the World Cup five months essentially before we got there is going to be difficult for any kit supplier and i feel sorry for the people who can't get exactly what they want leading into the world cup and i do really understand uh, a frustration around that i really get it. quick final question who are we playing in the final brazil fantastic yeah um so it should be it should be a difficult game it should be tight and it should be tough but i still think We've enough in the locker to get through that game, and we'll have a really big uh, victory parade. But I think what's important is that we celebrate both in Wrexham uh, and down down the south as well. That we don't just celebrate in the south; we should do both. I think. Brilliant. Stuff. Thanks very much, Noel. Cheers for your time. Yeah, Noel. Cheers, lads. Have a great weekend. See you guys. Yeah. Speak to you soon.
Thank you once again to Noel Mooney for joining us. Um, really appreciate his time during such a busy week, and we hope he manages to stay COVID-free before he heads to Qatar. Um, interesting one when we're thinking about the Wales team, Tim. Obviously, the squad selection. You've got Johnny Williams and Gunter selected, and both of them are at League, League Two clubs at the moment. Is there an argument that you know Wrexham players should be considered, considering the quality um, you know, of squad that we have? Yeah, it's a strange one. I mean, Johnny Williams, he's at Swindon. I think he scored five or six goals. Uh, Chris Gunter. At, no, no, Johnny Williams is at Swindon. Yeah, I said that, didn't I? I was, I was getting confused. So Johnny Williams at Swindon. Chris Gunter's at Wimbledon. So two players, seasoned pros of the FAW setup. Fully understandable. I get that. And they've been included in, in that 28-man squad. Okay. I just think... Because of the, the gap between the National League and League Two, there's not much between it. Let's be honest. The quality of the National League is probably as good as League Two, if not better, if, if we're really truthful about it. So I just think I think Paul Mullen and Jordan Davis can count themselves a smidge unfortunate not to even be on standby. I know they've not even been in around the squad yet, but it would have been nice if 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 that if it had been included, you know, give or take injuries and stuff. There's other players in that team that, you know, are in it by virtue of them being a, a club higher at the leagues. They're not featured heavily or whatever. But, yeah, maybe I'm just having slight sour grapes about it because it's been such a long time since Wrexham had any representation on a, on a national level, really. You've got to hark back to the days of Mark Jones, Steve Evans, Chris Llewellyn. It's, it's a long time coming. But, you know, those two players I just mentioned, I think they're more than worth a little bit of a... A phone call from Rob to say, yeah, you know, you might be on standby at a future date. So, what yeah. do you think, Andy? Um, when I spoke to Jordan Davis a couple of weeks ago, he said he knew he was never going to get anywhere near the Wales squad in in non-league. And yeah. I know what you mean about about quality. Is there much difference? I, I would say in the top sort of eight clubs of, of the conference. There's no difference between League League Two, but if you go away to like the likes of Wheelstone yesterday, there's a massive difference. And I wonder if he wants to see these players playing in the league before he'll go he, before he'll really give them a chance. Now, I think with Davis, I think we've said a few times, I think he'll get better the higher up the leagues he goes when he doesn't have agricultural pitches to deal with and agricultural players. I think Mullin is slightly different. He's 28. He's got two seasons of, of goal scoring behind him now. Um, I, I would have liked to have seen Rob Page actually give him give him just a try because he isn't going to get you know much better over the next couple of couple of years. But the World Cup uh, squad though, or are you thinking? Well, not the World Cup squad, but the thing is, if you get into a squad and do all right and show the, the manager what you can do in in training sessions over over a few days. You know, I'm not saying you should go straight into a World Cup squad, but I'm saying if you give him a go in a league, you know, Nations League match or something, yeah. it you can you can see the quality. And Rob Page might bring him into a training yeah. session and say, right, he's not for me, he's not ready yet, or you know, he, yeah, he, you know, he's he's not gonna, he's not worth us bringing a non-league player mm. in. But someone who scores 30 goals a season and has done for two seasons, surely you would think, mm. well, maybe his competence is high, maybe I could have a look at him. The final thing on this is we had Mark Harris a couple of years ago. Is he? Do we think he's as good as as Paul Mullin? Probably not. No. no. 
But I mean, so, what, it's a weird one. As much as I'd love to to see them around, in, them in and around the squad, probably in future. Because you imagine if imagine let's just let's just like let's humour ourselves. Imagine Mullen got got included in that camp, and all of a sudden we're without him for X X Y and Z amount of games. I mean, he misses a minimum of three, I think two. So. It's one of those because he's so prolific and he's so vital to what we're trying to achieve. You take him out of the equation, it's like, oh, could really do without without. Well, Page has done us a favour then. Yeah, so I think I think I think come for Rob. This this segment was a complete waste of time. Happy days. <laughs> thanks, Rob Page, for not coming near our squad. Brilliant. Well, there we go, and that that that's a good way to end tonight's podcast. Now, Andy, do you actually have last week's prediction results? You don't, oh, do you? No. No, you can see we're just sacking that off now. <laughs> well, no, let's, I mean, I think there is value in us saying what we think the next result will be. Yes. I think you. I think basically you ruined it last season with by not doing your forfeit. So I'm putting the blame yeah, was, squarely on you. Uh, I think we've been running circles in the Sony times. I'm, I'm just not commenting any further. I think we should all predict how long it's going to be until Andy Gilpin gets uh, asked for ID next time he's attempting to get alcohol or cigarettes. It's going to be a long time. <laughs> I'll have to go to America for that to happen, I think. Well, that could happen. I mean, Ryan Reynolds tweeted somebody back with a firm yes when somebody tweeted him about yeah, I didn't see the prospect that. Of, uh, of Wrexham uh, taking on some US teams. But obviously that's already well known because Philadelphia Union was supposed to happen there. It didn't because of, you know, lockdown and so on and so forth. So hopefully that will come full circle next season. When right, we're... come on, let's let's do it then. Let's just do a quick predictions. Um, Liam went 7-0, probably, I don't know. Yeah, let's say Liam went, went 7-0. Uh, Reese, we've got... Um, Old shot, shot, shot on Saturday. What do you reckon? Mm, I can't, I really, you know, can't see anything past a comfortable win here and I think any other result other than that would be disappointing. So I'm going to say Rex... Um, for Aldershot one. Tim? 3-0 to the town. Yeah, I'm going to go, I think, good goal scoring return. I'm going to go 4-2. Solid. I mean, we did the double over last year, didn't we? So I just think, I think yeah. we tend to respond well after we've we've not scored. So I imagine Hayden will be back in as well. Uh, Mendy, Mendy may be back for that game. Well, that'd be great. You can't be far off now. Sure yeah, I wouldn't want to. The only thing is, I suppose, you know, you wouldn't want to rush back a hamstring. We've got another week then before FA Cup. I'd be quite tempted to give him another two full weeks, get him ready for you know December. Um, yeah, so we we've uh, got them all coming back now, which is good. We've got Lainton back on the bench, Reese Hall Johnson yeah. back on the bench. Yeah, I think Harry Lennon. Is he? Harry, Harry Lennon would be a welcome, you know, if, I, I know we, we have to be so careful with him, but we were talking, you know, relating to what we were talking about early on, he is someone who offers a threat in the box because he's just a massive unit. So um, if we can get him back for, you know, coming off the bench, maybe last half hour, that would help definitely. But anyway, thank you very much for listening. Uh, thanks for your continued support. Please follow the Twitter page and of course, email us on the email account that Tim refreshes every day. Fidzine, F-I-D-Z-I-N-E at gmail.com Until next week, goodbye. Take care.